Thank you for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We are currently in the series, Is God? We hope it's a blessing to you. you have a Bible or a device, I would like for you to find Matthew chapter 6. We just watched the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to dive into that, and we find it in Matthew chapter 6. So if you can discover that chapter, it would be very helpful. Once you get there, what you will find is that Jesus is having a conversation with a pretty big crowd. He's giving a sermon, actually, and he's been saying quite a bit. He has been teaching on anger and revenge and loving your enemies. And that all happens in chapter 5. And then when we get to chapter 6, we discover that Jesus begins talking about serving the needy. And after that, here's what Jesus does. It's kind of unique. He turns the conversation to prayer. And it's fascinating what he says about this particular topic. And so again, if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to begin reading with verse 5. These are the words of Jesus. Here he is teaching. He's instructing a crowd. And out of respect for God and his word, I'd like you to stand as I read. Here's verse 5. Again, keep in mind these are the words of Jesus. And he says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, when you pray, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them for. And this is a fascinating phrase here. And we'll discover this a little bit. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. These are the words of the Lord. You may be seated. Welcome to week number two of our series, Is God? And what we're doing is simply looking at the person of God and how can we describe him and what is it that God does. And so this is good and helpful for us, for all of us. Listen, if you're a student in the room, if you're in sixth grade, through high school, or on up into college, talking about and thinking about the person of God and really discovering him is a great thing. It's a great thing. For those of you who are young and professional or you're young married or whatever you want to do to throw yourself into that category if that's where you want to be, I want you to know talking about and thinking about and studying God is a great thing. If you're in the middle years, guess what? Thinking about, talking about, and studying God is a great thing for us as well. 
And if you're past that, perhaps you're in retirement or reproaching that, or approaching that, you're, you're living the golden years, perhaps, then you need to know that thinking about and talking about and studying God is a great thing for you as well. This is great for all of us. And so let's continue just diving into the series, series thinking about the person of God. Who is he? And let's throw some questions at him. Here's our question today. Is God listening? Is he? Does God actually hear when we cry out to him? Does he do that? And I would encourage you to personalize this. Does God hear me? Because God maybe hears you and what you say, and maybe there's some great examples of that, but I'm wondering about me. Does God actually listen to me? Does God actually hear me? So as we keep asking this question throughout the day, I would encourage you to personalize it and think about you and your conversations with God. Here's our big idea. And I'd encourage you to write this down. God not only listens, he understands. And that's kind of the short answer to the question. And we're going to spend the rest of our time thinking about that and unpacking this truth. God not only listens, I believe that's true. He takes it a step further. He actually understands. And what we discover in Matthew chapter 6 is going to help us grasp this today. Now, before we get into the different words of Matthew chapter 6, I want to share with you a few thoughts that will frame our conversation. So the question, is God listening, indicates that someone is talking to God. All right, just think about that. If we're asking the question, is God here is he listening to me and what I say? That would indicate somebody's having some kind of conversation with him. And then secondly, talking to God can also be called prayer. And I like to define prayer this way. It's simply my opportunity or our chance to have a conversation with God. Just like how we would converse and how we would talk. Prayer is just another way of saying, here's how I can have a conversation with God. And again, the question is, if I'm talking to him, is he actually listening? Does he hear me? I believe this question, is God listening? Does he hear, really sits under the bigger conversation of prayer, which is exactly what we discover in Matthew chapter 6. Again, Jesus in front of a crowd talking to them about, here's what I want you to do. Here's a way not to do it, and here's a way to do it. So I think this question, again, sits under this big conversation of prayer, this big topic, all of which we find in Matthew chapter 6. Now, here's something else that's interesting and something just to keep in mind as we walk through this. Jesus prayed when he was here on earth. He spent an inordinate amount of time talking to his father. It was something that was very important to him. So that's just something to keep in mind as we talk about, should I be doing this? And does the Father, does the Almighty actually hear me? It's just kind of important to remember, Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. And here's what else he did. He encouraged his followers to do the same. One commentator says it this way, Prayer was the spiritual air that Jesus breathed every day of his life. 
he practiced an unending communion between himself and the Father. That's quite a statement. He, Jesus, practiced unending communion between himself and the Father. And Jesus challenged his followers to do the same. And the early church, as it was forming and growing, picked up on the value and the importance and the vitality of prayer being a part of how they should function. So after Jesus ascended and went back to heaven, there was a group of believers that began to assemble. They were called the early church, and they got the concept of prayer and how important it is. We find these words in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. These all, so this is the early church beginning to form after Jesus went back to heaven. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to, say the word with me, church, prayer. They got it. They understood this is something that must occupy our time because Jesus did it and he encouraged us to do the same. What we discover in the book of Acts is that that early church began to grow by the thousands. People were attracted to the message of Jesus and lives were changing and so the early church leaders were feeling overwhelmed and their time was getting divided. What should we be doing with our time and how do we effectively lead? And they refused to give up on time in prayer. Acts chapter 6 verse 4 says, We, speaking of these early leaders, the apostles, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Jesus prayed, and he encouraged his followers to do the same. We find this wonderful example in the early church of them picking up on this concept and saying, yes, we have to pray. It is our lifeblood. We have to be engaged in this. So think about this for a moment. If Jesus prayed, and it was important to him, and he encouraged other people to do it, we should be spending a fair amount of our time in prayer. We should be doing this often. We should. Yet the question still remains. Stop listening. So I should be engaged in this. I should be lifting up some thoughts and some prayers to God. But does he actually hear what I am saying? That takes us back now to the message Jesus was giving in Matthew chapter 6. And I want to begin with a negative command that Jesus provided. We see this in verse 5. When you pray, here's the negative example now. Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. And the instruction here is to guard your approach or your attitude to prayer. The example here is given of some hypocrites, some religious leaders who are very selfish in their prayers. They were really good about what they said and it sounded amazing and it was impressive but it was totally for themselves and for their own recognition. And Jesus begins to poke at this a little bit and says, don't do that. I want you to honor God and make that the focus and the starting point of your conversation with God. So that's the negative example. Don't be like them, Jesus said. 
Now the positive. Verse 6. When you pray, do this. Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. And pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything. Now, I want you to take your pen that you are holding in your hand right now, and I want you to circle and underline that word see. Really mark that quite a bit, because that word kind of holds the answer to the question, is God listening? And we'll continue to think about that, but this is quite a statement here. Then your father who sees everything, really big word, here's what he will do. He will reward you. Now, this is great. This is so good what Jesus is doing here. He tries to correct the disciples' tainted prayer perspective based on what they were seeing around them by these religious leaders. And so what Jesus does is he provides a focus on the Almighty for them in their prayers that gets away from recognition for what I'm saying and for what I'm doing and puts the center and the focus on God. And notice it starts with this statement, your father who sees everything. Your father who sees everything. Do you see that word see? You spot that? You have your eyes on that? This is an amazing word. In the Greek, it's the word blepo. And here's what blepo means. It means to see, but it actually goes beyond that a little bit. It means to be observant. And so blepo, this word see in the original language there, suggests to see something physical with spiritual results or perception. That is, it carries what is seen into the non-physical, the immaterial realm, so a person can take the needed action. And so all of a sudden, we have this word thrown into the mix. God not only sees you, but he... Blepo, he understands. And seeing, that leads to understanding, leads to action. So let's look at the words again. Verse 6, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father, who blepo, that's the word, who not only sees, but understands and is also moved to action. Your father who sees everything will reward you. Verse 7 goes on to say, When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. Again, another negative example here. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Great statement. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. This is very interesting. Because in the Jewish culture, they had a very different view of their God than what the Greeks and the Romans had of their God. Small g. In Judaism, God was viewed as a father who was just crazy about meeting the needs of his people and his children. He was just captured with that. 
And it's important to know that Jesus is talking to a Jewish crowd here in Matthew chapter 6. As a matter of fact, the whole gospel of Matthew is presented to Jewish people. And so they would be hearing the words of Jesus and they would hear him talk about the Father. And while not everyone there probably understood this, many of them would have said, you know what? Our God is a Father who loves to meet needs. That's what he does. Judaism also recognized that God knew all of a person's thoughts. So again, they have a very different view of God. God is like a father who wants to meet the needs of his children and he knows all of my thoughts. For the Greeks and the Romans, they had a different perspective of God. They viewed their relationship with God as more of a business transaction. Kind of cold and not a lot of feeling to that. That was their view of God, but for Judaism, their relationship with God was viewed as personal and intimate. He's a father who loves to meet needs. He understands my thoughts. He knows about them, but back to the question. Is God listening? Does he hear? Well, Jesus thought so. And beyond just thinking that, he actually communicates in a public setting that he not only listens, it's better than that, he understands and he is moved to action because he knows my thoughts. So perhaps, as Jesus was sharing this and the crowd was listening, again, a Jewish crowd who would have understood a bit of the backstory of what Jesus is sharing there as he talks about the Father. Perhaps they were thinking, I don't know this for sure, so it's a bit of speculation, but perhaps the crowd would have remembered the Old Testament words of Psalm 65 verse 2 that say this, O you who hear prayer, O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. Again, I don't know if they thought about that, but they love the Old Testament scripture. And so it's very possible, as Jesus talked about a listening father, that these words were ringing around in their mind. Yeah, this makes sense because we know our God to be one who hears. The Midrash, a Jewish commentary on portions of the Old Testament, has this to say about Psalm 65 verse 2. A mortal man cannot grasp the conversation of two people speaking at the same time. But with God, it is not so. All pray before him, and he understands and receives all their prayers. And so when you take in the thoughts of Jesus that he is speaking to this crowd, and the background on all of that, and perhaps their understanding of Psalm 65 verse 2, yeah, he hears. I believe if you were to ask this crowd, does God listen? They would say yes, absolutely. He not only listens, he understands and he is moved to action. So Jesus goes on to say, after all of that, here's the negative example, here's the positive, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to focus on yourself. I want you to focus on the Almighty. Jesus goes on and he says this, pray this way. Pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Some of the most familiar words in all of scripture and certainly the most popular prayer. Again, it's known as the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus said, pray like this. Now, here's what's interesting about this whole conversation that Jesus has with the crowd, where he's giving them some instruction on how not to pray, how to pray, and then he rolls out, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, hallowed be your name. Here's what's interesting about this. I don't believe Jesus was necessarily saying, I want you to say this prayer and just repeat it over and over and over and over again. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing and there's nothing wrong with that. We're actually going to do that this morning. Together, we're going to recite and say the Lord's Prayer. I believe that can be very helpful. But in the construction of this whole conversation that Jesus is having here, there's something a little bit more that's happening He is providing a template for how to pray. Not just specific words to pray. But a template for how to pray is actually tucked into the Lord's Prayer. There's a pattern that's given that can guide all of our conversations with God. And so what's the template? Well, it's simple. There's two parts to the template. It's glory to God and then my needs. That's it. That's this whole conversation that Jesus has on prayer. This whole message he gives to the crowd. Give glory to God and then tell him what you need. Glory to God, my needs. Glory to God, my needs. So it's not just vain repetition. Say these specific words. And it's not just a matter of rushing into God and saying, you know what, here's what I want, here's what I need, here are my problems, here are my issues, bail me out again. It's more than that. It's glory to God. That's how it starts. Think about these phrases. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed means holy or set apart or dedicated. So glory to God. Our Father in heaven, dedicated is your name. Great is your name. Holy is your name. Set apart is your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the template for our conversations with God, what Jesus provides for us is start this way. Give glory to God before anything else. Lift up the Almighty He loves this. And it kind of sets our heart in the right direction. And then guess what? It's time to share my need. And that's okay. Because we have a father who wants to hear from his children. And so we can lift up the almighty and that prepares our hearts to say, God, here's what I need. Here's what's happening in my life. Here's my problems and my concerns and my fears. And here's the language of that. Give us. It's okay to ask God to give us something. Forgive us. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us. My needs. Here's what I want. 
So glory to God and then my needs. This is the template. This is the pattern for a prayer that Jesus gave to this crowd. And he really wanted them to dive into this. It's the pattern. All right, I have four takeaways for you. And I would encourage you to write these down. Here's number one. Pray with confidence that God hears. Pray with confidence that God hears. The word of God makes it clear that God wanted to hear from his people. And I believe there is tremendous textual evidence for that. And so let's just pray with confidence that God actually hears me. And even if I don't feel that way, or even if I don't recognize it, let's just step into the presence of God with confidence and pray that way. What a thought. What a thought. Would you let that just fall into your mind for a moment? Pray with confidence that God hears. God, the creator, the inventor, the one who is over all and above all, he actually wants to hear from me. And he wants to hear from you. Wow, great thought. Great thought. And if that's the only thing you take away from today, this is a great thing. Pray with confidence, okay? Because God hears. He understands and it moves him to action. Number two, my view of God's timeliness in answering my prayers does not negate the truthfulness of his listening ability. I want to say that again. My view of God's timeliness in answering my prayers does not negate the truthfulness of his listening ability. We have to be careful with this because often we lift things up to God and we want him to answer them on our timeline and God just doesn't operate that way. And so it is easy for us to assume some things about God that we are not righteously qualified to assume in any way. Like God doesn't listen, God doesn't hear because he hasn't answered my request, my way, in my time. We've got to be really careful with that. My view of God's timeliness in answering my prayers does not negate the truthfulness of his listening ability. Just because it appears that God has not answered doesn't mean he doesn't hear. So we have to be careful with this. Takeaway number three. I want you to memorize Psalm 65 verse 2. You don't sound very excited about that. All right, let's say it together. Ready? O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. Again, O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. One more time. O you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. Congrats. You just memorized a verse. You're done for the day. You can take a nap, all right? I want you to hang on to that verse. Just like what? This crowd may have done understanding. You know what? Even though I'm not sensing this or feeling it right now, God hears. Oh, you who hears my prayers to you, I will come. Throw yourself into that mix. So memorize that verse and hang on to that. And I think it will help you tremendously. And then takeaway number four is I would encourage everyone to come to the Real Home Prayer event today. We're talking about prayer. We need to do more than just talk about it. We need to actually engage in prayer. And so I would invite everybody to consider coming out to our future home on the Bethel Road campus at 6 p.m. And let's gather and let's pray as a church family. Let's do that and let's lift up 
some things to God. I would also encourage you to consider coming to a new prayer thing that's happening at Valley Point Church. On the first Sunday of every month between our two gatherings, there is a group that is gathering to pray for our country, for our community, our church, for first responders. And they do that between the two gatherings. And that is a simple thing for you just to join and say, you know what, I want to pray for that as well. And to link arms with other people who are lifting this stuff up. Again, we have to do more than just talk about praying. We actually have to engage in it. And again, we've got a pattern. Lift up the Almighty and here's what I need. By the way, I would throw this out there. As a church, we have solid evidence for the fact that God hears and answers prayer. That's our story as a church. Just recently, many of you know, we had an issue with water and sewer on our property and there was no way we could get an answer to that. It was not humanly possible. We were trying everything we could do and it just wasn't happening. And so we spent a season praying through that. And God came through and did something for us that we could not do on our own. We could not find a solution. And that's part of the fabric of who we are as a church now. So guess what? We have solid evidence and facts to the reality that God hears. And he does something for us. And so please come on out. Join us in continuing to pray for that miracle on Bethel Road. It is quite an extraordinary thing. And by the way, this is an easy way for you to lead your family spiritually. All right, if it's kind of hard for you to engage in prayer and you're just not exactly sure what to do with that and that's not your family thing, then I would encourage you to come out tonight because we're all going to be doing that and we'll have the opportunity together to watch people pray. And this is a simple way you can demonstrate as parents to, to your children, you know, this is valuable and we need to be doing this. So a really easy way for you to lead your family spiritually, a really easy win, and that all happens at 6 p.m. So let's do more than just talk about prayer. Let's actually engage in this and do it. By the way, I think you have a bonus takeaway on your program there. You fill in whatever blank you want, all right? <laughs> That's just a freebie for the day. You do what you want with that one. Okay. Here's what I want to do. I want you to put your stuff down now. Can you do that? And then I want you to stand with me. I want to invite you to do that. And one of the things we have observed in Matthew chapter 6 is that the Lord's Prayer is there. And while we're not commanded to say this over and over and over again, these are amazing words that really do provide a focus for us. And so I want to recite this together. I want us to say it as a unit. And then we're going to move into a time of extended prayer. All right, let's say this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will you pray with me? So, Father, we're standing here today 
And we've taken some time just to hear what Jesus taught so many years ago about communicating with you and talking to you. And that's all prayer is. It's my chance, my opportunity to converse. So here we are corporately and collectively thinking and talking to you. God, I just want to ask right now that you would make yourself real to us. And God, I want to start just like Jesus instructed us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, holy, dedicated, set apart is your name. And you are incredible and great and so worthy of everything that we could give to you. And so God, we want to honor your name right now. That's what we want to do. And right where you are, I want you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. Would you just take a moment and from your heart to God's ears, even if it feels awkward or you're not sure exactly how to spit all of this out, would you just tell him that he's great and respond to the Almighty. Let him know he is worthy of what you're giving to him. Thank him for how he has worked in your life and give him what he deserves. Give him praise. Honor him. Honor his name as hallowed, as holy and set apart and dedicated. Just take time and lift up the Almighty. And then move into the second part of the pattern for praying. Tell God what you need. Everybody here today walked in with something, some type of need or pain or hurt. Tell God what you need. He invites you to do that. So step in with confidence. And tell God exactly what's on your heart, what worries you, what concerns you, what keeps you up at night. Just tell him that. Maybe there's not a lot of pain there. Maybe you've walked into the room with joy and there's some success. Talk to him about that as well. And tell him what you need. Invites us to do that. God, all over this room are people lifting up thoughts to you. Lifting you up as the Almighty. And I I know, I just know, that is so pleasing to you. God, as we continue to have conversations with you today and throughout the week, may this be the pattern of how we begin. You love hearing that from us. God, also in this room, many people have lifted up what they need. 
and you are capable and you have the ability to process all of that multiple requests from hundreds, thousands, millions of people, you can hear these cries. And so God, I pray that you'd make yourself real and to answer these requests in your perfect timing. And God, I pray that some people here would have a real breakthrough in terms of their thoughts about prayer and what you can do when we simply ask. God, if we never ask, we'll never receive. And so help us to rush in and do what Jesus told us to do, to lift up the Almighty and say, God is great. And then help us to be willing to say, God, here's what I need. God, I'm going to admit today, I know I don't pray enough. I know I don't. And so I pray that you do a work in me, soften my heart, help me to say no to other things so that I can create more space and time to converse with you. And I pray that for everybody else here as well, that we would recognize we have something at our disposal that takes us right into the throne room of the God of heaven. And why don't we take advantage of this? So God, help us to feel empowered and motivated and inspired to say, I'm going to call out to God a lot. And yes, I'll lift up the Almighty and then I'll tell him what I need. I think this is what you want from us. So move in us now. Help us to get a lot better at having these conversations with you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.